So impressive. How's your day otherwise? You good? <gasps> My diaries are just like. Have you started the sales strategy? Because Mel's under no. the impression that you started, and I'm smiling like, oh, well, I'll check in with Liv. I said, I have a couple ideas. I pulled, I started pulling a get together. Yeah, like a project management. That's, that's it. <laughs> okay. So thanks. No, just let me know. You need me to do the. Yeah, no, the, I pulled a get. I pulled a get together. That's cool. about it. Um, so, no, is the answer. We could talk about that. That's fine. So I'll close the chat for now because yeah. we're not going to need it. Just keep so yeah, around. we can keep this conversational just in terms of like the, the podcast component. Yeah. Actually, you speak and I'm just going to do a test here while we're waiting for people. Yeah, like now? Yeah. Testing. All right. Let's jump in. Let's just let's yeah. give it two more minutes. It's ten on one. You ready for the Gold Coast? I am. I'm excited about it. I mean, Jamie coming out or nah, is he working? He's working. Yeah, There's just working. no point, really. Um, yeah, she's got an interview with the government. Oh, nice. Promotion or something. Wow. So I Stop overachieving. Let's just go. Man, when someone leaves or retires, then, you know, it's like next to mine. So it's she's great. got a permanent role now that she's going for, which is good. Awesome. Yeah. So. What What's her role title? She works in the contracts team for Desmond. Mm. So all the, you know, the grant that's coming mm-hmm. Friday, she works in that contract side of things. So she oh. deals with all the training vendors and she's got like a portfolio of like 135 vendors. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so one of the ladies that she was filling for has now retired. So they put because two two openings have opened up. So but it's all like succession. Succession party. Yeah. Awesome. All righty, let's do this. Yeah. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. We are excited to cover our topic on brand uh, storytelling and the framework around brand storytelling. I'm joined here today with the lovely Olivia, who is our our growth specialist. And uh, Olivia, this is a topic that you are really excited to talk about because you've been involved with a lot of brand storytelling. Yeah, good morning. And and thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is something that's really topical at the moment. And, you know, today we're wanting to have a chat about, um, you know, what are brands origin stories and how they can leverage that to be able to tell their story to their customers and really build those relationships because, you know, we're, we're living in a day where it's an exceptionally cluttered market. Everyone's on socials. Everyone's got content going. And, you know, how do you really let your brand story shine through? And, and today we're hoping to talk through a couple of frameworks about how brands can apply that and, and you know, really um, start building their, their presence online. So I'm really excited to talk to you about today's topic because there's so many different elements to brand storytelling. And we're going to cover some of the 
key necessities when you're building a very st strong storytelling framework. So we're going to cover elements uh, around an origin story. What are some of the key elements around storytelling? Uh, what are some of the key consumer triggers that the audience or digital audience pays attention to today? Um, we're then going to give you an example of a framework that we use in our brands and some case studies as well. So let's start off with something that's really important. And it's going back to the origin of your brand story or stories. If you think about, you know, comic heroes and you think about, let's say, Superman, we think about his spaceship crashing onto Earth. If you think about Batman, you think about his parents uh, being shot. And that was sort of the element of how that hero story came to life. Every brand has an origin story as well. And there's three key areas that I recognize that are so important when it comes to building an origin story. And Olivia, I'm gonna ask you what, what's really important for you, but the three areas here is tapping back to the memory of how the brand or business started and what compelled that person to start that brand. What's the motivation around the purpose of that business? And then crafting the key message that people can relate to. So when we think about these three areas, memory, motivation, and messaging, you know, what is your opinion where brands really struggle <laughs> and where do we spend a lot of time when it comes to helping brands understand their origin story? Yeah, look, all three areas are, are really important to, to develop that brand story. But um, some of the key areas that I see brands often struggling with is, is number one, being able to articulate that story. And that's through crafting those messages. A lot of people know we, I'm a great brand, I'm doing great things, but I just don't know how to tell people. Right. And often that is a pain point because that's where people are losing the opportunity to connect with their customers. Right. But in particular as well, understanding, you know, what is their purpose and, and, you know, why are we doing this or why are we committed to helping these people often um, gets lost. And, and people forget to go back to that central point because that's the core of their business. Right. Um, and understanding, you know, why are we here? What are we doing? Will often then shape that message, which is very much filtered through from a memory. So all three are intertwined with one another. Right. And, you know, we wanted to give our listeners, uh, you know, an example of, of some of these origin stories. And I recently was working uh, with one of our clients, Aqua Gardening, and we had a brand positioning workshop. And we asked them, you know, what compelled them to start Aqua Gardening? And, and Chris, one of the owners, talked about how um, his father was in the mining engineering space. And, you know, he wanted to create a better future because during the World War, food was very scarce. And so his you know, motivations was to create a sustainable gardening future for people. And Sharon um, had a shoe experience in the US where she had struggled finding the right shoe size for herself because as most of us will tell you, we don't have you know, similar shoe sizes. And so she came up from, from a service background where she really wanted to build a business that really focused on the consumer and customized the business to the needs of the consumer. And we see this with a lot of the clients that you speak to on a day-to-day -day basis, but their purpose was to make everyone a gardener. And it really came from that origin of trying to fuse a sustainable gardening option with you know, a really strong service to the end consumer. Now you talk to customers all the time 
you know, you hear these stories probably what every day in your experience? Yeah, look, I get to speak to to really interesting businesses almost every single day and yeah. they all have different stories and, and they've all evolved in different ways as well. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're critical elements to, to storytelling. And, and I think if you look at business storytelling and even the, the things that you see in the movies, there's a lot of similarities. And there's, you know, eight, I would say, or seven really key areas that really focus on the critical elements of storytelling. And so, you know, the first element that I look at is the theme of that story. And from a business perspective, that really relates to the industry that where you're in and, you know, what, what the, the setting is for that narrative. Uh, we look at characters, we look at, you know, the people behind the brand or the people behind the business. Um, you know, the other third element would be the plot around the story, which is essentially, you know, what are some of the common day-to-day -day, uh, visions and, and experiences that happen with the brand. Conflict is another common element, which deals with challenges that, you know, businesses face, you know, brands face on a day-to-day -day basis. The sentiment is really the reaction from the customers to create that relatability. Actions are what people do to get their brand noticed or their voice heard. And then the resolution is typically what results we look for in a business. Now, in our world, in this, in this world of marketing communication, um, you know, what are some of the really critical elements for storytelling today? And, and you know, what are the elements that you think brands struggle with today? Mm. Each one of these elements do play an important role. Um, however, what we're seeing often in the market is you can have an amazing theme and you can have strong characters and there's an amazing plot, but the action, the call to action is often missing. Mm. And you want to compel your audiences or your customers to take an action, whether it is to, to click on your website, whether it's to buy a product, whether it's to donate, whatever it is, that's the core backing behind this story. Mm. And very much it's often missing. Right. And so when you don't feel compelled to take that action, you bring it back to, well, why did we create this piece of content or story right. or, or why did we invest this time as a business to do this mm -hmm. if there is no clear action? So right. for, for businesses that are looking at, you know, creating content that's going to resonate with their audiences or compel them to do something, make sure that it's really clear you understand what you want your customers to do because if it's unclear to you it's going to be even more unclear to your customer well said well said so you know there, there are different needs to the consumer or the audience out there and and when we dive a little deeper on this on this area we identified that there was really three areas that trigger a consumer reaction or that you know reaction or inspiration to take action and, and the three areas are sentiment clarity and action and the three questions we ask or we must ask uh, ourselves is how does the audience feel? Do they understand the message? And what is the direction going back to that call to action being so important? And, and in these pillars of, of core connectivity with the audience, you know, you have things like emotional connection and creating empathy uh, to develop that sentiment. Or when we talk about clarity, we're talking about building a concise story and proper messaging that's easy to understand because you, you did say, if you have trouble understanding the message, your audience is going to struggle, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so, you know, what is the direction? What does the direction look like in a story? Is it, you know, giving them a direction to go to a website? Is it a call to action to, to join a, a common cause? Is it all of it? You know, what, what are some of the key, you know, looks to a call to action today when it comes to storytelling? Look, there's so many different ways that you can compel your audience. And at the end of the day, it comes back to 
your brand purpose? Mm-hmm. What are you wanting to achieve and, and who are you working with and, and working um, to be able to resolve a problem with, you know? For example, with a charity, your call to action will be potentially to donate Mm -hmm. or to to volunteer. And for for those types of brands, having that compelling narrative about why that volunteering or that donation is so important and who are you impacting is very much going to resonate with the consumer. And often we always say, you know, pulling on the heartstrings is what gets you across the line. And it, it is true. You know, you've got a strong narrative showing the impact, showing the, you know, is there a hero in the story and what will that hero's life look like if they're going to be supported through that call to action, whether it's a donation or for you to support them. But coming back to those core needs, you know, all three are really critical, you know, Mm -hmm. sentiment is, is important. And, and every story doesn't have to be positive, you know, negative sentiment often does drive action as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, understanding the pain points, the challenges that some audience groups are experiencing, whether it's in disadvantaged communities or whether we're looking at um, businesses that require support, you know, especially in times of, of, you know, a global pandemic, there's a lot of businesses that are struggling. So, you know, how, how do we control that narrative and tell that story and, and if it's through a negative sentiment, that's okay. But what is the positive outcome? What is that action that we need the consumer to take? Right. But making sure it's clear as well. Um, there's so much you can say, but sometimes, and, and it's very, it's a very common term, you know, less is more. Yes. So making sure that that message is clear and that the customer can understand what you are saying is also really important. That's critical. So we have a framework that we're going to dive a little bit deeper into, and then we've got some examples that, you know, follow this framework. Because one of the biggest challenges that brands struggle today with is, you know, how do we craft our storytelling and how do we take our storytelling to the market? And, and there's so many different types of frameworks, but this is a very common framework, and I'll probably say this is a primary uh, framework when it comes to brands. And there's seven areas to this particular, you know, puzzle piece. And so there's this seven stages. Uh, first being the hero of the brand, uh, the second being the, the problem that we're overcoming or trying to overcome, the guide on how to get there, the planning around resolving that problem, the action steps, the outcome, and then the critical transformation. And, and I know you're going to dive a little bit deeper into this as well. So, you know, when we look at these seven steps, let's talk about some case studies or examples of, of brands that have taken this particular, you know, framework and done something with it. And one of these is a dear client of ours called MacTwist Australia, and they're changing the way uh, recruitment is being done in Australia. Now, MacTwist, um, is in the mining and construction space and they provide you know, key personnel for various brands. Their biggest challenge is they're in a country right now where there's a shortage of skilled trade workers. Like a lot of companies, you have to pivot and MacForce is uh, overcoming this story by working with veterans and ex-offenders. Um, and it was really interesting as we started to dig a little deeper, we identified that you know, they've created some key transformation with ex-offenders because a lot of ex-offenders who come out and are, are rehabilitating back into community, they end up struggling and they end up going back to their old ways. And so they had an incredible uh, story of a gentleman that transformed his life. And we found out later that a key Netflix show was dedicated to this gentleman's life. And uh, recently, um, MacFoss Australia was featured on the front cover of the Australian Mining Review. And uh, the stakeholder, Anthony, really talked about his key initiatives to mentor ex-offenders as well as um, veterans. Now, this could have just been a recruiting story in a perfect world. It could have just been a company that's trying to fill key personnel. 
But by digging a little deeper, we got back down to the core, which was its true identity, which was creating opportunity for all people. And this was a really powerful story when you think about brand storytelling, applying the frameworks, you know, the seven pillars of frameworks. And you have another incredible story that recently happened as well, uh, Olivia. And tell us a little bit about the Pajama Day and the Pajama Day Foundation, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So last Friday um, was National Pajama Day. And, you know, this is a day that's often celebrated across corporate schools and, and, you know, a lot of childcare centers where you see everyone dressing in their pajamas um, in, in, in their normal day-to-day -day, um, environment. And that's to, to raise awareness, but also funds for the Pajama Foundation. Now, their core, their core story and their principle behind the brand is to help children in foster care that don't necessarily have the opportunities that other children might have mm -hmm. due to certain disadvantages that they might be experiencing, whether it might be through schooling or whether it might be through home at, at the home. And this story is so emotive because it ticks a lot of those core storytelling elements. And, mm -hmm. you know, in this particular case, the hero is the children. You know, the children are the core component of the story and, and the conflict is that they don't have the support or the, or the infrastructure to get appropriate education or support being in the foster care system. Right. And the, the, the critical action and the call to action that the Pajama Foundation asks for is that people can raise awareness by getting involved in something that's a little bit taboo, you know, wearing your pajamas to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, the entire Elevate office got involved with this. And, and I must admit, it was probably the comfiest day I've ever had in the <laughs> office. Um, who knew working in pajama pants and Ugg boots was so great? And, and now I almost understand, you know, the, the whole working from home concept because, um, you know, you can be in your pajamas every single day. But the whole purpose of this is to get people to band together, to do something collaboratively as a team that's going to raise that awareness right. and also strike a conversation because wearing your pajamas, you know, in a cafe or in the office or, or you know, even in the street is a little bit of a, an eyebrow raiser. Um, and, you know, getting other people and in key influences in the market as well to start telling that story. So through traditional media channels, we had a large campaign where we asked everyone to, to start talking about this and you know wear their pajamas and you know we had today wearing their pajamas on tv doing the entire segment you know and and posting content around what the impact to these children will be you know if you just start having this conversation so right. when it comes to pulling together a story like this it's about understanding you know all those key principles that we just spoke about but also what is that action and in this particular case, it was to donate and get involved. And um, from my understanding, the campaign has been very successful. It's still running at the moment, mm -hmm. but their donations have skyrocketed and all those funds then go back to children in need who do need that support through an education program, or it might be through providing books and, and uh, other necessities so that they can have the same learning capabilities as normal children as well. It's a wonderful cause. Now, here's a key question. Are you going to be wearing pajamas in the future in the office, Olivia? Look, it depends on whether it's going to be um, office-wide, but I would definitely encourage a monthly pajama day because, gosh, it, it was definitely comfortable. You can roll out of bed and roll back in. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should do this podcast uh, in pajamas <laughs> moving forward. Maybe, maybe. All right, so let's talk about how brands can work to apply this framework and particularly how does Elevate offer some of these critical areas um, in these seven-step process to building a, a strong brand storytelling framework. So take, take us away through your process or our process when it comes to brand storytelling. Absolutely. So the first thing that brands need to think about is, you know, 
defining their hero and, and their wants and their needs. And, and in this case, it's really important to understand that the hero is not your brand, it's your customer. Mm -hmm. So first first thing is to think about who your customer is and, and you know what, what do they want and what do they need? Where can what what are their common challenges? Once you've understood who that individual or customer group is, you then need to look at what the problem is. And from there, you know, you need to under, understand, you know, what are the challenges that they face, um, whether it's across um, a service-based business, whether it's a pain point in running a business, think about what they need and what you can do as a brand to, to, to support that problem or that pain point. Now, when it comes to problems, there's, I guess, four different types of problems that a business or a customer can experience. And I'm going to go through four of these really quickly. Mm -hmm. So first one is an external problem. Um, and, and that could be, you know, what are the physical problems that that hero character has to deal with? Um, another type of problem is an internal problem. And that could be looking at, you know, how does that internal problem make that hero feel? So what, what, are, the, what are the emotions that are caused by this problem? Mm -hmm. um, philosophical problems as well as something to take into consideration. And, and that's understanding, you know, why is it wrong to experience that problem on a higher level? So thinking about, um, you know, what are the, the higher impacts of that challenge or that problem? And then of course, you know, is there a villain involved? Is there, you know, who is causing this problem? Right. Is it an individual? Is it a brand? Is it an experience? What is the the, the villain of this problem? And it could also be an event because if you think about last year, the biggest villain that everyone talked about <laughs> as a brand perspective was COVID. COVID. And I think it's going to be a villain for, uh, for, for some time. time. Yes. And, you know, there, there's a lot of commentary in the market about, you know, 2020, 2021, yeah. is it going to end? Yes. Um, but it's going to be a villain and it's going to be around. So how do we, we identify the villain and how do we overcome that villain right. as well? So the next step is looking at the guide and, and that's really understanding and developing the guide, which is going to help the hero overcome that problem. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, you need to ask yourself, you know, how can we demonstrate that your brand is able to help that hero? So thinking about um, if you're in um, a, a charitable organization, how can your brand support your core audience or the um, or the cause that your your brand is supporting? Mm -hmm. Or if you're more in you know the corporate side, you know how can your business address those pain points that your customers are experiencing every day, whether it's through an e-commerce platform, but, um, or whether it's an actual service that you're delivering as a business. Right. Um, and you know it's important to know that, you know, for a lot of young brands that are just sort of starting up, uh, a big mistake that we often see um, happening is that they need to prove themselves and they're going too fast, too quickly. Right. And you, you end up positioning your brand, you know, as that hero, not, and not the guide. So you need to showcase how you're going to help your customers get there. Not we can do it. We're the best. And that's often where that message gets lost in translation. And that's really what Elevate is, is we're here to partner with all the brands we work with. And that's one of our key strengths is it's not about us. It's about the success stories we deliver. Yeah, absolutely. So once you've kind of drawn down that narrative, it's now looking at the plan and, and, and how you can illustrate that plan to overcome that problem. Um, and customers need guidance. They need a plan. They need clear steps on how to get there. So this is your opportunity as a brand to, you know, ease their concerns and actually show them, great, here are the logical steps that you need to now take to be able to overcome this challenge. And 
whether that might be in the format of, of a blog, it could be in a piece of content that you share with them, or it could be simply having a really clear process. If you're a service-based business, mm. here's what this is going to look like. Here's how we're going to address these challenges. And here's where we're going to come out at the end. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, this is where the fun stuff happens. And this is where you start again, jumping into action and, and, and really compelling your audience to take that action. And, and some of the things that you need to, to think about is, you know, how do we define your customer's desires, you know, identify their challenges. We've got to empathize with them as well, because, mm -hmm. you know, a big component of storytelling and also um, resonating with your audiences around empathy. And we spoke about it before, right. you know, being empathetic towards those challenges helps you connect and build that relationship and, and identify we understand that challenge and this is how we're going to overcome that together. But most importantly, we need to tell them what's the step, what's the action that we want them to take. And customers will never naturally take that step on their own. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they need a little gentle nudge to be able to say, this is the step in the right direction. And, and this is how easy it can be. And, you know, that might be in the form of a conversation or it might be in the form of, you know, a bit of a presentation showing this is what the steps are going to look like. This is what we require from you to be able to get to that outcome. So tapping the triggers to create that influence uh, is really important at this, at this stage as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, it comes into the outcome, making sure that we can showcase, you know, the difference between success and failure. And very often, this is a core component of when people are making that decision. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the fear of failure is often what drives, you know, customers or audiences to take that action. So in this particular case, you need to think about what does, what does failure look like and, and how can we showcase that and show them we don't want to look like this or, or have this outcome we want to be here and this is how we're going to get there um and when we all know um <laughs> tapping them on the shoulder sometimes influences them and also it helps with that storytelling component mm -hmm. because we all know we need that challenge we need that 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 villain and we want to be able to say this is what it looks like but this is where we were going to be as well yeah, you want to overcome that that hurdle to get to that milestone, which is where transformation lies. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you just mentioned transformation is, is the end goal. That's where we look at the outcome and gone, we've achieved it. We've been successful mm -hmm. and we're actively driving that, 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 that story with that customer. And in this case, the hero. So, you know, this is where we look at, you know, how your brand can help your customers be the best versions of themselves or, or be the best business that they can be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're providing them with the skills, the tools, the action plan and the guide to be able to get there. Um, and in this particular case, that's where you build strong relationships and loyalty. And, right. and for a lot of brands, this is where retaining and engaging your customers and your audiences is so important and, and providing that value and that consistent and constant transformation is so important. I've got a question for you. Is it harder getting to the top or is it harder staying at the top when, when you hit that milestone? What do you think is, you know, or I guess it depends on the brand that you're dealing with too. It's a good question. And very often it's, it's the getting there that a lot of people fear, but once you get there, how do you remain relevant? Mm. How do you consistently have that strategy that's going to engage? Right. And recently, you know, we've been doing a lot of brand positioning workshops with our clients to actually drill down that narrative and go, well, why are we doing this? And how can we constantly look at that succession plan mm -hmm. um, and understand 
how is the market evolving? Because again, your audiences are going to be influenced by what's happening in the market. And given that it is so uncertain at the moment, it's about trying to identify what those challenges might look like in the future, but also being nimble enough to be able to adapt when they happen. Um, because sometimes things can happen overnight. So um, both are challenges, but you need to remain top of your game, regardless of whether you're still growing as a business or you think you've peaked, how do we continue that momentum and, and remain relevant? Right. So Olivia, how can, how can audiences find you on social media, on LinkedIn, I guess, if they have a brand question when it comes to brand growth, this is something that you talk to brands every day. Um, how do they find you? Yeah, look, uh, I love having conversations with, with businesses that have challenges and, and want to overcome them or find the right set solution to be able to get there. Um, I um, work in Elevate as a growth specialist. So my main core role is to be able to, to, to talk to businesses, identify their pain points, and then map out that strategy on how they're going to get there. Um, now, I'm very available on LinkedIn. You can find me at Olivia Collins or search Elevate Communication. Or alternatively, um, you know, I'm always open for a chat. So you can flick me an email at olivia at elevatecom.com.au. Um, and I'd happy to, um, you know, organize a call with you guys to be able to, to understand where you're at as a business, you know, what some of those challenges and pain points might look like, and then potentially what are some solutions that you can put in place to be able to, to get that outcome and have that transformation as well. Well, Olivia, that was a wealth of knowledge. I look forward to hearing many more stories on the front lines about brands transforming their storytelling. And if you're listening, we'd like to thank you today for tuning in. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach us. My name is Bosco Anthony. You can find me on LinkedIn or contact Olivia uh, on LinkedIn as well. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here today. No, thank you for having me and um, look forward to chatting with you soon. Cheers.